Political Thoughts with Steve is brought to you by Anchor. Go to anchor.fm today and start your free podcast or download the Anchor app from all major app stores. Welcome to this week's episode of Political Thoughts with Steve. I'm your host, Stephen Goff. And this week we have an exciting podcast lined up for you guys. In this episode, we'll be discussing all this week's hot political news, including the Kavanaugh hearings, reliving past controversial confirmation hearings, what in the world has President Trump been up to this past week, and a new final segment called Final Thoughts with Steve. All this and more on this week's episode of Political Thoughts with Steve. Stay tuned. And welcome back to this week's edition of Political Thoughts with Steve. Let's get right into it. This has been a crazy week involving the confirmation hearings of Judge Brett Kavanaugh. And for a political nerd like myself, I have literally been on the edge of my seat for the past three days. My head has literally exploded every single day because of all the drama and controversy that is surrounding this confirmation hearing. I don't think I have really seen a controversial confirmation hearing in a long time. Now, many of you say, well, you know, what about like Trump's executive picks, like his secretary of education, um, his secretary of defense, all the cabinet members. And, you know, they were controversial, but they weren't as controversial as this pick for the United States Supreme Court. Now, just a little bit of a background. A couple of weeks ago, or maybe a month back, uh, President Trump announced that Brett Kavanaugh was his pick to fill the vacant seat of the late Associate Justice of the Supreme Court, Anthony Scalia. And all of a sudden, during the confirmation hearings, um, there was a lot of chatter about his previous life. Now, from what I found out yesterday, um, you know, back in August, a woman named Christine Blassie Ford came forth and said, back when they were teenagers, a sexual assault occurred. Now, right there, that got my attention. And if any of you guys follow politics as much as I do, there's a lot of things in the political world that sells. Sex, violence, and corruption are the three things in the political world that it sells. And the moment that there's a controversy surrounding a nominee for one of the highest Supreme Courts in the land involving sexual assault, especially in today's age, everybody is tuning in. Everybody is watching the news right now. So yesterday, Christina Blasey Ford had her day in front of the United States Senate. And let me tell you, from beginning to end, her testimony in my opinion, was amazing. 
there was a lot of emotion involved. You could just tell the pain that was in her eyes. Now, you know, some of you listening to this podcast are a bunch of Republicans, and that is totally fine. I love being able to talk to everyone on both sides of the political spectrum. But there was something different about her. She was calm and content the entire day that she was delivering testimony on the United States Senate. And what was crazy, though, was the way how questions were asked to Dr. Ford. Um, first of all, a testimonial like this in the Senate is totally different than what testimony that Ms. Ford gave during the confirmation hearings of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thompson. And, and by that, I mean, it was a woman testifying in front of the United States Senate. In this setting, you had a woman testifying in front of the Senate with a prosecutor asking her questions and doing cross-examinations. Now, what exactly was the Republican strategy when it came to this question-answer session? Why do they need a special prosecutor to question Dr. Ford? At the very beginning of the testimony, when the senators were making their introductions, the first words uttered was, this is not a trial, you are not on trial. However, that whole thing felt like a trial. It felt like Dr. Ford was the one that was going up to be on the Supreme Court, not Judge Kavanaugh. But after the whole day of testimony after testimony, I mean, my heart feels for this woman. Um, you know, I, I have known people in my personal life that were victims of sexual assault and rape and the same fear that was in their eyes when they came forward was the same fear and sadness I saw in this woman's eyes. Now, I'm a strong believer in you are innocent until proven guilty. We can't just jump to conclusions based on emotions. However, I am also a very strong judge of character. When I meet people, when I see people talking, in about five minutes, I can determine if that person is actually being trustworthy, if they're telling the truth, or are they just talking just to talk? And after five minutes of watching Dr. Ford testify yesterday in the United States Senate, I could tell that she was very, very truthful in what she was saying. Now, many of you listening to this program, all of my Republican friends are probably saying, but but Steve, 
how can you determine she was being truthful? Now, I'm not a lie detector at all. If she was putting on a show, she did an she did a great performance. I mean like Emmy worthy, Academy Award worthy performance. Maybe WWE soap opera performance without the violence. But if she's telling the truth, which I'm hoping she is, then I think the game is over. But in this day and age, you can't be so sure with the Republican Congress and the Republican White House that we have right now because this isn't normal. Normally, during these situations, Supreme Court justices or presumptive nominees for the Supreme Court would be brought back to the White House and the president would probably say, look, it was fun while it lasted, but because of the controversy, I'm sorry, you will not be the next associate justice of the Supreme Court. And that would have been the end of it. He would have went back to his job at the D.C. Circuit Court and he would live the rest of his life happily ever after. Now, would it have destroyed his career? Possibly. In today's age, especially with the Me Too movement going on right now, you can bet that this controversial hearing will have long-lasting effects on Kavanaugh and his career and probably his family life. However, Kavanaugh is extremely defiant. He is probably one of the most defiant nominees of any office I have seen in a long, long time. Now, Today I was watching videos of Clarence Thompson's hearing. And, you know, there was a lot of passion in his confirmation hearings. Um, after Anita Hill came forth and started talking about sexual harassment in the workplace and allegations towards sexual violence, I mean, his rebuttal to the Senate was filled with just a lot of anger. And in a way, I can understand that. Um, you know, you're watching your whole life play out on network news. You're hearing political commentators talk about you. Some of them are destroying you. However, you accepted that when you told the president I accept your nomination to be the next Associate Justice on the highest court in the United States. So, after um, after Dr. Ford's testimony, here comes Brett Kavanaugh, Judge Kavanaugh. And from the opening bell, it was nothing but anger and frustration. Uh, Judge Kavanaugh said that you know this was a witch hunt. This is a way for the Democrats to win the midterms. Just everything he could in order 
to get under the Democrat skin. Now, while I was watching this, and it was funny because I didn't see that special prosecutor during the question and answer sessions, which completely threw me off because they kept building up the special prosecutor that, you know, she was one of Arizona's top sexual assault prosecutors. She has won all these cases. She has prosecuted all these high-profile sexual assault cases in Arizona. And she was a no-show. And to me, it, it was just fishy. So, during the questioning and answering sessions, you know, senators went back and forth with Brett Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh was getting angry. He was talking about his drinking habits. Now, here's, here's the deal. He was talking about getting blacked out drunk that he could not understand. Now, I'm a sailor. I was in the Navy doing active duty service for four years. And during my service in the Navy, I used to get drunk a lot with my fellow sailors. You know, that it's a brotherhood. After a long week of either being out to sea or doing workups, you go home, you crack open beers, and you just have yourself a good time. But I have never gotten blackout drunk while I was in the military. I have never gotten so drunk that I forgot what I did the previous night. But oddly, he got blackout drunk. However, during his testimony, and you would have to watch this and analyze a lot of his testimony, he would actually talk about some of the events that transpired. Even though he claims to have been completely blacked out drunk and not remembering anything. But, you know, I'm not a doctor. I don't have a PhD when it comes to biology or anything medical. So maybe the human mind works in different ways. As I said, I don't know that. But, you know, maybe it does. But oddly, that whole testimony of Brett Kavanaugh was, I couldn't tell you how many times I heard the word beer. How much he loved beer, how much he loves beer, how much beer he drunk. I mean, literally, I think Twitter's number one hashtag yesterday was hashtag beer or hashtag Kavanaugh drinks beer. And... It was just crazy, ladies and gentlemen. This whole confirmation hearing is crazy. However, being the political nerd I am, there are a bunch of questions that I would like to ask Brett Kavanaugh. One, why in the world... Would you put yourself in that kind of a situation to begin with? I think that's a plausible question to ask. 
questions I would ask the Republican majority in the United States Senate is, one, why was there a special prosecutor at a testimonial hearing? Two, why are y'all so angry at this woman? I mean, you know, this woman is putting her life on the line. She's putting her career on the line. Just to shed light on an issue that is finally being shed light on after all these years when it comes to sexual assault. So why are y'all pro- why are y'all persecuting her? Why are y'all sending her out to the gallows for coming forth? Now there's a lot of a lot of emotions surrounding this confirmation hearing. And people are either applauding her calling her a patriot, calling her a hero for the Me Too movement, or people are calling her a whore or slut on social media and on national television. My advice to everybody when it comes to this hearing is to watch it with an open mind. A lot of things you're going to hear is going to make you angry. And trust me, This whole week, I have had a wave of different emotions. And it's because, one, it's entertaining. And two, I'm a nerd when it comes to politics. And, you know, I love watching government in action, even on the slow days. There are a lot of questions that need to be answered throughout this confirmation process. And the Senate came back today and decided to move the confirmation to a full Senate vote. Now, I have two options of how this could play out. Option number one is Kavanaugh is confirmed by the Senate. However, Republicans all vote yes, Democrats vote all no, and Vice President Pence becomes the first vice president in the history of the United States to cast a tie-breaking vote to finally nominate Brett Kavanaugh as the new Associate Justice of the United States Supreme Court. That's option number one. Option number two is it goes to the floor for the full vote, and all of a sudden, women Republicans decide this isn't our guy. And all of a sudden, they break away from the party and they vote no, and you have a majority of those with the no vote, Brett Kavanaugh, is no longer the nominee. President Trump will have to go pick somebody else. And probably within the next three to six months, Brett Kavanaugh is no longer a name that you will hear on the news. That is my two opinions on the overall vote involving Judge Kavanaugh. So what are your opinions? 
See, the best part of my show is I always love to ask questions to my listeners and get my listeners involved. So, what are your questions? What are your concerns regarding this controversial nomination? What do you want to know? Are you angry right now? Does this matter to you? Does it not matter to you? Is this just politics as usual? What do you want to know? So for all of those who want to know different things, send those questions my way. I would love to hear from all of you guys. So the best way to send these questions to me is if you have Twitter, go to Twitter, go to our official page, which is at official PTWSTEV, and send me a message. We will look at your questions, and we will do our absolute best to get, get you a good answer to those questions, or just tell us what you're thinking. I always love to hear from my super-duper awesome audience and I know you guys probably think I'm the biggest nerd in the world but anyways that is my opinion on what's going on right now with this controversial Kavanaugh hearing that's going on right now in the United States Senate so we are just getting started so sit back and relax segment number two is coming your way And welcome back. This segment, we are going to be talking about past controversial um, Senate confirmation hearings. And one that stands out to me was the confirmation hearing involving Clarence Thompson or Clarence Thomas when he was going up for his nomination to be an associate justice on the United States Supreme Court. Now, many of you guys know that. On July 1st, President George H.W. Bush, 41, he uh, nominated Judge Thomas for the Supreme Court to replace Thurgood Marshall, who had announced his retirement. The nomination proceedings were contentious from the start, especially over issues like abortion and many women's groups and a lot of civil rights groups were opposed to of Judge Thomas based on his conservative political views. Now, with that alone right there, that isn't too controversial. That's pretty much expected. When you have someone going up for that kind of a job, you know, especially if you're a conservative Republican, you are going to get those kinds of groups stirred up. However, that wasn't the main reason. Towards the end of the confirmation hearings, Anita Hill started talking to reporters, saying that while she was a law professor who was working under Clarence Thomas at the Department of Education, there was... um. FBI reports that were leaked to the media, and the allegations led to a 
just a frenzy about sexual harassment and other investigations. Um, the nomination at first was, it was pretty, pretty smoothly. Um, Justice uh, William Brandon, he stepped down in 1990. It opened up a seat. Um, David Souter of the First Circuit of the First Circuit was asked by President Bush to serve on the Supreme Court, and he accepted, and he was easily confirmed. Then Thurgood Marshall stepped down. Uh, White House, the White House Chief of Staff, um, you know, he, he promised that Bush would fill the next Supreme Court vacancy with a true conservative. Um, he promised a brawl over the confirmation. And on July 1st of 91, President Bush nominated Clarence Thomas. Now, the early hearings, you know, was, you know, about the same of what everyone would expect. Um, you know, with Thomas being a conservative Republican, you know, right off the bat, you know, everyone wanted to know his position on Roe versus Wade on gay rights, on African-American rights, um, different court cases that was popular in the early 90s and popular during the late 80s. Um, so, you know, with his viewpoint, yeah, that got a lot of groups' attentions, especially from the left. So, you know, that was a little bit of controversial, but, you know, not enough to cause a stir. And then Anita Hill happened. Towards the end of the early hearings, um, a correspondent from NPR received a FBI report from a former colleague saying that a law school professor by the name of Anita Hill accused him of making unwelcome sexual comments to her when the two worked together at the Department of Education. In the same report, Thomas testified that he has once promoted Allison Duncan over Anita Hill as his chief of staff. Now, that right there, as I said in the previous segment, when it comes to confidence, confirmation hearings or anything political sex is sexy sex sales in Washington so right there the media just went into a frenzy a scandal has broken in this Clarence Thomas confirmation so on October 11th of 91, Anita Hill was called to testify during the hearing. She said that she was testifying as to the character and fitness of Thomas to serve on the highest court in the United States and was 
ambivalent about whether his alleged conduct had in fact risen to the level of being sexual harassment. Now, there were statements in support of Hill's allegations. Um, two women, Angela Wright and Rose Jourdain, made statements to Senate staffers to support Anita Hill. Um, however, they were dismissed by the Judiciary Committee without testifying, which those have been things that have happened this week involving Kavanaugh and Professor Ford, or Dr. Ford. You know, you hear about all these um, people who are starting to come forth, but the Senate doesn't want to hear from them. So, you know, there was, there was still support for Anita Hill. So then Clarence Thomas went up and testified. Now, he denied each and every single allegation that suggested that any conversations of sexual nature with Anita Hill never exist. He also stated that, quote, this is a case in which this sleaze, this dirt, was searched for by staffers of members of this committee. It was then leaked to the media, and this committee and this body validated it and displayed it in prime time over our entire nation. End quote. He also called this a this the hearing a type of high tech lynching. That word right there also caused controversy. The hearings were notable because of their sexually explicit content, particularly Anita Hill's claim. And, you know, being the political nerd I am, I have read over the transcripts from this controversial hearing and just reading it, I was like, wow. For 1991, for late 1991, and that that right there made some some crazy TV. I'm pretty sure that the networks had to run those um those parental discretion is advised segments right before that testimony came out, and parents were turning off the TVs as fast as they could so kids wouldn't have to hear it, but. That testimony right there was, it was just crazy. It was completely crazy. Now, there was um, testimony and statements in support of Judge Thomas. Um, you know, there was still a lot of questions involving that. And it came out of... Um, it came out of committee. They, of course, voted within party lines, and he he made it out of committee, and he went to a full Senate confirmation. Now, there have been a lot of controversial nominees in the past 
from every single president in history. But there's been a lot of controversial hearings involving our current president, Donald Trump. Now, thinking about it, I mean, there's a vetting process that goes on when you're looking for the right nominee for the job. Or in Donald Trump's case, the right billionaire or millionaire that is right for the job. So during the vetting process, when these candidates are being vetted by people who get paid to vet candidates for these positions, it's like they find dirt, but they don't pay attention to it. In politics, there's always somebody that is one step ahead of you. There's always always that one person. And before you know it, that one person has found something, leaks it to the media, and it becomes a firestorm. And that has happened a lot in President Trump's first term. He is a controversial president, and in return, we get controversial nominees. I don't recall one nominee that had a smooth sailing confirmation with the exception of Linda McMahon. I think she had a a smooth sailing confirmation hearing. I don't remember any controversy coming from Linda. I mean, everyone knew Linda McMahon. We all know that, you know, she's married to Vince McMahon. She owned World Wrestling Entertainment. All the crazy promos that she was involved in when WWE was a huge thing back during the Attitude Era. But... Her nomination was not controversial at all. I don't think that the Secretary of Defense's confirmation was extremely controversial. Everyone knew Mad Dog Mattis. Everyone in the military world knew of Mad Dog Mattis. Um, He was a very, very highly decorated general in the Marines and you know his leadership on the battlefield is legendary so when Mad Dog Mattis was announced I think I was probably one of the only Democrats in the United States that actually supported that nomination so for everyone who thinks that I always go to party lines when it came to Mad Dog Mattis I was perfectly satisfied with him But controversy sells in Washington. And one of the prime examples of controversies that has nothing to do with Donald Trump and his White House was the 1991 confirmation of Clarence Thomas. However, Anita Hill started something. Now, Before Anita Hill came out, sexual harassment was going on, but you rarely paid attention to it because during those times it was a man's world. Women were working secretarial jobs 
while men were being the CEOs of multi-million dollar corporations. And when a woman talked about sexual harassment, I'm guessing that the view of the 80s and 70s were boys will be boys. It's locker room talk. But Anita Hill started something. Anita Hill lit a fire under what today we call the Me Too movement. And since Anita Hill's testifying, or since her testimony, Anita Hill has become part of the face of the Me Too movement. So in 1991, Thomas was confirmed by the Senate. Um, let me see if I can find his, uh, his numbers. Um, can someone look that up? Can someone look at the final vote? 52 to 48. So he was confirmed with a 52-48 majority and he was sworn in as our nation's next Associate Justice of the United States Supreme Court. But there was a lot of cultural impacts when it came to Anita Hill and these allegations. So, what controversial nominations do you guys think about? Let me know. I definitely want to know. Um, go to Twitter. Go to our official Facebook page and send us an email and let us know. Um, we're going to actually be starting up around November that we're going to be sending shout outs to all of our Twitter followers who converse with us about political matters. So, you guys start getting busy on Twitter and you know let us know about what controversial hearings do you remember that brought you to the edge of your seat? And we'll go through it. Sorry for the long pause. It's been a busy day in our world. So stick around. We'll be right back with everybody's favorite segment. What in the world has President Trump been up to this week? And while you're sticking around, make sure you go to anchor.fm and download the app for Anchor. It is a great app. You can start your own podcast. Podcasting has become a very popular thing now. I'm actually involved in a podcast community, and it's it's so cool to be able to converse with different people who run podcasts. So go to anchor.fm right now, download the Anchor app, and also go to anchor.fm slash Political Thoughts with Steve. That's our official Anchor page where you can listen to all of our episodes, starting with our first episode that was actually five minutes done in a van. While I was actually at work. But, you know, I was bored. And technically I was off the clock. So, anyways. Go to Anchor.fm right now. And start your free podcast. We'll be right back.
everyone, welcome back. This segment is a new segment from last week. It is one the world has President Trump been up to. It covers President Trump's craziness over the past week since our last episode. This has been a semi-busy week for Donald Trump. Um, you know, the Russia investigation is still going on. Um, everything surrounding Kavanaugh's confirmation is still going on with President Trump. But this week, Trump did something that every president has done. He addressed the General Assembly of the United Nations. Now, when it comes to President Trump... I wake up every morning wondering what has Trump tweeted last night that could possibly cause World War III to break out all over the world. Or, you know, what has President Trump tweeted about things that he shouldn't even be involved in. But when it comes to the United Nations and the General Assembly, I mean, me being a political nerd... I get excited about this because, you know, every country that's in the UN Charter, they all come together and discuss issues that's going on around the world. Now, I hope that my fellow listeners to our podcast actually goes and watches his speech because it was actually a bunch of funny moments. And by funny moments, I like to call backfires. And during one backfire, President Trump is saying how great America has been ever since he became president, how America is better now than what it was during Barack Obama's presidency or during George W. Bush's presidency or during Ronald Reagan's presidency. You guys get the picture. He's bragging and all of a sudden... The whole UN General Assembly just starts laughing. And at first he, you know, he kind of shrugs it off saying, well, you know, that wasn't the reaction I was looking for. And then he tweets saying, you know, it was a fun day. You know, the UN was laughing with me. The White House tried to sell it as, you know, the UN was laughing with us. President Trump, I will be one in a million to tell you that the United Nations was not laughing with you. The United Nations was laughing at you. And what that told me is that we are the laughing stock of the free world right now. And to those patriot-loving Americans, I just want to know why you're not angry at our reputation around the world right now. And your answer is probably going to be, well, it doesn't matter what the rest of the world thinks. That is a bad way of thinking about this. We should be talking about problems that's going on within the United States and possible solutions to those problems. If we want to continue being the superpower we are, and the leader of democracy around the world, we should start acting like it. 
at least when you're giving a speech in front of the United Nations General Assembly. Start acting like you want to be president. Start acting like you want to be the leader of the free world, or the free world is going to be considered a laughingstock to every other nation around the world. So anyways, that's what President Trump was up to last week. I'm pretty sure he probably sent out a lot of tweets at 3 a.m. Some of them probably could have started World War III, but, you know, he doesn't care. I'm asleep at 3 a.m., but, you know, I'm glad to know that my president is up at 3 a.m. tweeting about things that a president should never, ever, ever be involved in. So, you know, hopefully one day, I'm really hoping one day we will have a president that takes his job seriously. But, once again, that's only a prayer. Hashtag thoughts and prayers. Um, let's see, what else has been going on in Trump news? Cool thing about the interweb is the interweb gives us the information that, you know, we all want to know. Let's see. Um, he defended Kavanaugh this week, saying this is not a man who deserves this. Talking about the controversy that's going on right now. Um, Trump blasts OPEC monopoly for higher oil prices. Um, you know, oil prices are crazy at the moment. It kind of reminds me of during the recession 2005 and 2004 when, you know, price of gasoline went up from, what, about $2 a gallon all the way up to $5 a gallon. I know down here that in 2006, before I left and went to the military, I remember gas prices down here was almost $4 a gallon. Now, down here, the cost to live down here is significantly low compared to the rest of the country. I'm pretty sure that some of you listeners, you know, an apartment, a one-bedroom apartment in some of your cities probably costs about, you know, eight, $900 a month to live in. Down here, you know, you can rent property out for $150 a month. So, you know, just all that should tell you that, you know, $4 a gallon is very expensive in the Deep South. But, you know, when it comes to OPEC, it's the oil companies that are driving up the prices. The one thing Trump is smart in is business. I think he understands the concept of supply and demand. There's a lot of human beings on this earth, and a lot of these human beings are, you know, driving cars that require gasoline. I know that we're starting to get into cars that are battery powered, but, you know, those cars are so expensive. You know, the average the average American that makes, you know, maybe 30, 35,000 years sometimes can't even afford a car that costs that much. But here's the problem with gas prices and price and demand. When more people need gas, oil companies are going to charge more for their barrels. In return, gas companies are going to charge more to process that oil, turn it into gas. And before you know it, the price at the pump is significantly higher than what was last week. So, 
What is the best way to eliminate that problem? Here's the solution. Let's start investing more in clean energy. Let's start investing more in solar energy. Let's get away from the use of fossil fuels. Now, I'm not a scientist, even though I watched a lot of Bill Nye back in the 90s. And today I watch a lot of Neil deGrasse Tyson. I think he's awesome. But I'm just saying that if you invest in cleaner sources of energy, maybe we won't have this problem when it comes to fossil fuels. And then when you can promote this energy around the world so countries that aren't as industrialized as ours who are using cars that was made in the 70s and mid-80s that burns a lot of gas, that emits higher emissions. Maybe those countries, you know, could make deals with these companies and, you know, eventually we can create a safer, greener climate than what we have right now. And maybe they'll drop the prices of gas, but, you know... I don't know. I'm not an expert when it comes to OPEC, but, you know, I'm just saying that maybe there are a lot of solutions involved when it comes to cleaner energy. So it looks like Trump has had a busy week. Um, He has sent Carson to Puerto Rico on the anniversary of Hurricane Maria by... Let me just remind you guys that Puerto Rico is still suffering from the effects of Hurricane Maria. And President Trump does not care. Um, He campaigned for Ted Cruz this week. Ted Cruz is going up against Beto O'Rourke in Texas right now. And for all of you guys in Texas, this is a very exciting election. Which is crazy when you talk about Texas. That's like when you talk about Alabama. But Beto Rourke is, I think he is the prime choice in this election in Texas. And it's bringing a huge spotlight to Democratic politics in Texas. So, to all my listeners who are living in Texas, this is just a another reminder that a lot of things are riding on the midterms, it's coming up in four weeks. So, all you guys need to go out there and register and go vote on in November. So, Trump has many fences with Ted Cruz. By the way, did any of y'all saw? Did any of y'all see the debate involving Ted Cruz and Beto O'Rourke? Right now, it's on YouTube. I think it's about an hour long and. That was a great, great debate. Um, Trump has visited the Carolinas after Florence. Um, Trump signs measure punishing election interference from Russia. So at least he's helping on that. Um, Let's see. The op-ed by the quote-unquote failing New York Times. I don't think the New York Times is failing. Um... Trump pays sober tribute to 9-11 after Russia tweets. So he's had a pretty busy week. So that is 
our segment, how what in the world has Donald Trump been up to? And uh, we will be right back here on Political Thoughts with Steve. Stay tuned. And finally, we have reached the final segment of our show. And this is going to be a new norm for our podcast at the end of our final couple of segments we're going to be talking about my final thoughts so this is final thoughts with steve our final segment of this week's political thoughts with steve podcast and here's my final thoughts on what's going on right now within our world within our political world Every single day we wake up is a blessing. It's a blessing that we are alive. It's a blessing that we live in our country. It's a blessing that we are human beings on this earth. So don't always think about, you know, every day is going to be a bad day when it comes to our government. It could be a whole lot worse. But it's time for us to start acting more human than we have yesterday. With the Me Too movement, it speaks very, very high volumes. All over our nation, a woman is being sexually assaulted. There's sexual harassment still taking place within the work area. Women are still kind of treated like how they were back in the 80s and early 90s. If there's anything that Dr. Ford's testimony taught me, it was that we need to pay attention more. First of all, just like I told you all in the first segment, I believe her. Why in the world would someone want to go on national television just to lie in front of the American people and risk losing her career, risk losing everything? You could tell she had everything to lose and nothing to gain, but she refused to be a victim. For all of the women that listen to our podcast, your struggle every single day is something that no man can understand. You're constantly still being told that your opinion does not matter. Well, I'm one guy that will tell you that your opinion matters. Anita Hill's opinion mattered in 1991. And it's because of strong women within American history. It's because of their strength, their determination that women have the right to vote, women have the right to hold public office. Yet the struggle is still continuing. I know many people in my personal life that are victims of sexual violence. 
and they will carry those haunting images for the rest of their lives. And even today, years after these violent acts were committed, you can still see the pain and suffering in their eyes. Even after judgment has been passed down, there's still pain. It's something that will never go away. But I strongly believe that it does get a little bit better. So to all of our women listeners, continue with this Me Too movement. Continue bringing up issues that is going on within your communities. Continue fighting for what you believe in. Continue to support each other. Don't degrade each other because of the division that politics has created. We are in a new age where normal is not normal. We're living in an age that a president that brags about sexual assault can be elected to the highest office in our nation. We live in an age where women are continuing to be told to shut up. Your opinion does not matter. Your past does not matter. We continue to live in an age where racism is still being talked about. We're still living in an age where members of the LGBT community are still being discriminated against. And my final thought is we should just be better human beings. That is the only way. is for us every day to wake up wanting to be better human beings than what we were yesterday. I strongly believe that We have what it takes to do that. So, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Political Thoughts with Steve. Remember to go to anchor.fm and start your own free podcast. Also, thank you everyone that has donated to our show. We cannot function or continue without all of your help. And also thank you to all of my podcast family. If you are driving home this week and want to listen to a podcast, go check out a list of amazing podcasts that are on our official Twitter page. Go follow at official PTWSTEV. That's official PTWSTEV. And give us a like and a follow. Or go to my official Twitter page, which is at Stephen Edward Goff. That's at Stephen Edward G-O-F. And hit that follow button. I hope you guys have a great week to all of our military, our active duty military, to all of our veterans. Thank you so much. Remember to go thank a veteran and thank a military member this week. And I will see you guys next week for another episode of Political Thoughts with Steve, brought to you by Anchor and the Anchor app. See you all next week.